0: As a parish family, last week we took a big step toward getting on track. We said last week, that's the point of Lent. The point of Lent is to get on track. And really we could say the whole point of life is to make sure that we're on a track that's orientated towards Him, to have our lives more and more conformed to Him. As we also mentioned last week, though, because we're humans, we have a tendency to fall off a track with a number of different things, and especially it's the case, we have a tendency to fall off track in our spiritual lives. So whether we're here this year, beginning Lent, or here this morning and just need a, a slight adjustment on our track, or we're here and we notice, like, I'm not on the track at all, or maybe it's, you know what, I don't even know if I've ever really been on a track that's geared and orientated towards him that first step of course that we took was removing obstacles removing the clutter the distractions the diversions we estimate of course when you walked in the white piece of paper on the narthex wall there estimate around 500 people have put up on that thing last week their obstacle looking on the wall and seeing the number of facebook youtube and TikTok and Facebooks that are up there. I got a thought of Just thinking of Silicon Valley this past week looking at a usage map and saying What's going on in Clarendon Hills? (laughs) But not just in Clarendon Hills We've been hearing from people throughout the world who saw the homily and there was two teenagers that reached out who saw the homily and made sure to let us know that they also deleted TikTok from their phones. So those two TikToks from up there, those are from two teenagers in Switzerland. But not just the social media up there, also things on there of less news or no news, less video games, no video games or no screen time after 7.30 at night until 7.30 in the morning. Comments and emails that received all week of, of one's experience of after removing these obstacles, both young and old. One, person told me, he said that he deleted his Twitter app right after mass. And then it was Tuesday that he came home. His wife as he walked in the door, his wife said, did you hear about Russell Wilson getting traded from Seattle to Denver? And he said, no, I haven't. And she looked surprised and shocked and said, what do you mean you didn't hear? And he said, it's Father Mark's fault. Okay. (laughs) I deleted Twitter from my app and he's the reason why I don't know why anything's going on. But all of that is to prep us for this week. And that is three things. No shortcuts, engaging the battle, and something to grab. So first, no shortcuts. We're not removing obstacles just for the sake of removing obstacles. An obstacle is an obstacle because it keeps us from going somewhere. Specifically, these obstacles can keep us from reaching our end. Reaching what we're made for. What, 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 what's our end? What are we made for? It's what all the readings are about this weekend. First weekend, Sunday, first Sunday of Lent, the church always brings us in the desert. The second Sunday of Lent, all the readings point to the transcendence. Even from the smallest things, the things going on there in their first reading with, in the book of Genesis. And the Lord just telling Abraham, look up. Or in Paul, in our second reading, we're in Philippians chapter 3, and in verse 20, Paul says, But our citizenship is in heaven. We're not home here. We're wired. We're created. Our hearts long to be in communion with the divine. It's how we're made. To be, to be in touch with the supernatural. He goes on to say, he says in verse 21, Jesus Christ will change our lowly body to conform with his glorified body. That's our end. We're to be be transformed and glorified. We are. Our bodies are. How does that happen? It happens in silence and prayer. There are no shortcuts. Similar to a train track, as the image that we're using, a train track, it is, the path is laid out before us. Unlike a car, driving a car, you can take this way, you can go that way, you can try to find shortcuts, not with a train track. The path is laid out before you. And the path is laid out for us in the spiritual life. It's silence and prayer. We can take that path or we cannot, but we cannot reach what we're made for and what our end is without taking that path. There are no shortcuts. And increasingly so, it is getting harder and harder, I think, both from our culture and society and everything we talked about last week, it's harder and harder, harder for us to take that path of silence and prayer. Blaise Pascal is a 17th century philosopher, mathematician, astronomer. He once said, he's, he said, all of humanity's problems stem from one thing. I remember the first time I came across that quote, I'm like, what's he, what's he gonna say? Humanity's really messed up. It's got a lot of problems. What's the one thing that he's gonna say? And he says it's man's inability to sit quietly in a room alone by himself. All humanity's problems stem from, hit, from man's inability to sit alone by himself quietly in a room. And he said that in the 1600s. None of those things on the wall were around in the 1600s. No phone, no social media, no screen time. And last week we talked about that knee-jerk reaction that it's in most of us to pick up a screen, to pick up the phone. And is that part of that because of a habit? That it, of course. But there's also an aspect of that picking up a screen brings about a, salt of a false sense of safety. That when we pick up and reach for the screen, it can bring about a false sense of security, a false sense of comfort, a false sense of peace. And so the key is now is that is that stuff at least hopefully some, is stripped away here now as we spend this time in the desert and we've removed some obstacles. The key is now we notice. We notice. Can I really notice and sit with myself in silence and notice what it is when I, when I want to reach for whatever it is I put up there, when I want to reach for the screen, what is it ultimately that I long for? What is it that I want? When I, reach for the, when I reach for the screen, what is it that my heart longs for? What does my heart desire? Can I sit with that? And see, when, when that doesn't happen, as one, one teenager this past, past weekend told me that after seeing the homily and beginning on this track, she'd mentioned, and I was realizing how big of a toll her screen or social media takes upon her, that she said, not being on my phone as much makes me happy. Not a a fake happy, but a real happy. See, for Christians, prayer and silence, it's not optional. It's it's literally, it's a matter of life and death. It's not optional for us Christians. We can't reach our end as Paul's talking about, as he's writing to the Philippians about our citizenship being in heaven. We can't reach our end unless we're spending time in silence and prayer. There are no shortcuts. We can't we can't find peace another way. Long-lasting abiding peace. We can't, we, can't, we can't find security, comfort without silence and prayer. We can't fully know who we are. We can't know that I'm known, that I'm loved, that I'm wanted fully unless we're in silence and prayer. There are no shortcuts. And maybe. Maybe not only that, a step further, not only that, without prayer and silence, I can't be the man or woman that I long to be, that God's made me to be, that I need to be for my family, for my spouse. If I'm not spending time in silence and prayer, everyone is worse off because of it. My marriage suffers if I don't spend time in silence and prayer. My family is worse off if I don't spend time in silence and prayer. My children are. The community, the world is, is, is worse off if I don't spend time in silence and prayer. And what's missed then, I'd be, or I'd say maybe because of that, the reason because of that is, because, is what's missed. And that is me sitting with myself and sitting with, with God and asking, Lord, what are you doing right now in my life? What is it that you might want me to do right now or act? And then I just sit there. Maybe I'm sitting with a pen. And what might come is, tell your spouse you love her. And you write it down like that's a good idea. Or have this conversation with my child or with a coworker. Just a, a, you know, an example is before last weekend of sitting down in silence, I just asked the Lord that question. I said, Lord, what? Is there anything special you want us to do here at Notre Dame as we this first Sunday of Lent? And I just got this this word of wall and an image of someone writing on a wall. Someone might say, well, that's just it's it's just a gut or an intuition. Call it what you want. It's the spiritual life. It's prayer. it's It's God. It's us being in communion and in relationship. And connected to him, the divine. But it's hard. It's hard. It's a battle. Which we need to engage in the battle here. In our gospel today, we hear of Peter, James, and John trekking up the mountain. Trekking up a mountain is tough. It's a battle. It's hard. One of my favorite quotes in the catechism is paragraph 2725 that says this. Prayer is both a gift of grace... And a determined response on our part. It always presupposes effort. We have this notion, I think, that prayer should be easy. That it just doesn't require effort. The church doesn't say that. The church says that it's a battle. It says that prayer is a battle. And just as work is, just as relationships are, just as exercising is, it also takes effort to sit down and pray and be in silence. It goes on and says, prayer's a battle. And it poses the question against whom? It says first against ourselves. As we talked about many times here, because of the fall and their bent will, we oftentimes don't do the things that I want to do. I don't do the things that I know I need to do, that I want to do. And so therefore, I know sitting down in silence and praying is good for me. But I'm battling against laziness. I'm battling against putting other things uh, ahead of him. And it goes on and says, the other person to battle against is against the tricks of the tempter who does all he can to turn man away from prayer, away from union with God. Satan hates it when you and I pray. He hates silence because silence is the spot in, in which we can experience healing. We can get healing in silence. Silence is the spot that we can become free and we can know who we are and be secure in our identity. Satan hates it when we pray, and he hates silence, and he wants to keep it keep us from it. Which brings me lastly here to something to grab. It's not enough. It's not enough to simply remove, remove obstacles. It's not enough to know that prayer is a battle. We must learn how to pray. Flannery O'Connor, a 20th century author, very holy, prayerful woman prayed every day. At one point as she was praying, she finished her time of prayer and as she always journaled, she just made one journal entry on this given, given day after she was done praying and it was this. In a moment of frustration after her time of prayer, she says, won't someone please teach me how to pray? And I think a lot of, I think a lot of us At times, maybe we can sit down, maybe this new initiative here in Lent to sit down and pray, and then two minutes later, we say, well, that didn't work. I must be doing something wrong. This prayer thing is maybe Father Mark talking about it's for everyone else, but clearly, I don't know what I'm doing. And so we we feel stupid, or we feel small for even asking, so we don't ask. But we have to be taught. Not so much methods, but even just more so a mindset with the culture that we live in that is not towards the divine. And so what I want to make sure is us as a family, as we removed obstacles last week as a family, I want to make sure we're on a firm foundation together, the same foundation. So we got a book for everybody, both on this exit, out this way, you'll see a table out that way. It's a prayer by Peter, or a book by Peter Craves called A Prayer for Beginners. It's a very small, simple book. A junior hire could read this book. A junior hire needs to read this book. If you have a couple bucks, put it in there in the free will offering. If not, if you don't have a couple bucks this morning, take it anyways. And secondly, or lastly, before you get in the car and you head out of this parking lot, what time are you praying tomorrow? And for most of us, if it's not early in the morning, before the kids get up, before things get going, for most of us, if it's not early in the morning, it's it's not going to happen. And secondly, where are you praying tomorrow? The space is important. Simply said, if I don't have a a place in my home where I identify it, that's where I pray. That's the spot I get silenced. That's the spot that I pray. If I don't have a spot, and oftentimes the distractions and diversions just really creep up i'd encourage maybe it be in the church to stop in here throughout the day more and more of us work work at home now to stop in for 10 15 minutes throughout the day if you're here beyond the office hours and that those church doors are locked there's another door over here with a key card you can come here at 11 12 1 o'clock in the morning two o'clock in the morning before you go off to work if Whatever it is, and call the parish office, get an access key card, and you can get in through that door. And there's a room behind this tabernacle that is a great spot before the Blessed Sacrament, behind these walls for silence and prayer. Many of us have removed obstacles that keep us from silence and prayer last week. Now it's important for us to get extremely intentional with getting on track. Set a time tomorrow, set a place tomorrow and grab a book.